Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Ag Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report is out and it suggests that not a whole lot of harvest progress was made in our neighboring province over the past week. We'll hear from James Fry, who's based in Roblin. As well, the 34th annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown in Yorkton will run from November 1st to the 4th. We'll hear from Alexis DeCorby, who's a consultant with this year's Forage Show. And Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture will provide his weekly overview of the wheat market. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first it's time for the Precision Weather Outlook and that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Special. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94 Ag Review. Shareholders in U.S. grain and agri-food giant Bungie have voted their advance approval of the company's plans to take up one of Canada's biggest grain industry players. Bungie has announced the results of an extraordinary general meeting of shareholders in which they approved the acquisition of Viterra and a related issue of about 65.6 million Bungie common shares. As outlined when the proposed deal was announced in June, Bungie's deal would see Viterra shareholders receive that amount of Bungie common shares, valued at about $6.2 billion U.S., plus about $2 billion U.S. in cash. Ultimately, Viterra shareholders would own about 33% of the merged company after a related share repurchase plan is complete. Bungie shareholder approval was among the closing conditions the company must meet, as well as regulatory approvals from several countries to close the deal as planned in mid-2024. The managed money net short position in Ice Futures Canola grew to its largest level in three and a half months in early October on a combination of long liquidation and new bearish bets going on the books. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission, as of October 3rd, the net managed money short position in canola futures came in at 45,573 contracts, an increase of about 11,000 contracts from the previous week. Open interest in the canola market rose by 9,637 contracts from the previous week at 312,236 contracts. At the Chicago Board of Trade, Fund traders were still holding a net long position in soybeans, but it was down by about 12,500 contracts on the week at just under 26,000 contracts. A group of leaders in the agriculture and food industries is launching a national alliance to work toward achieving net zero in Canada's agri-food sector by 2050. 
The Canadian Alliance for Net Zero Agri-Food includes companies such as RBC, Loblaw and Maple Leaf Foods, as well as organizations like the University of Guelph's Arel Food Institute. The alliance says if the agri-food sector continues along its current trajectory, its emissions could reach 196 million metric tons by 2050, representing 19% of Canada's total emissions. The alliance's first two initiatives are focused on advancing climate-smart agriculture and growing a national network to produce biogas. David Hughes, CEO of nonprofit The Natural Step Canada, says that Canada is primed to become a global beacon of sustainable agriculture. The alliance says it's aiming to advance technology, policy, infrastructure and funding needed to help the agri-food sector work toward net zero. A Saskatchewan ag organization has launched a new communication service to keep farmers informed about how it is working for producers. Saskanola's new interactive texting service provides farmers with real-time and customized updates. Farmers can subscribe to the service by texting the word Saskanola to 1-877-241-7044. Subscribers can expect to receive about 10 messages per month. Producers who take advantage of this service will receive a weekly oilseeds market report from Marlena Borsch. They'll also receive Canola Watch, the organization's weekly during the growing season production newsletter, plus event and other updates. In addition, farmers can use the service to engage directly with Saskanola reps. The governments of Canada and Saskatchewan have announced that applications are now being accepted for the 2024 Agriculture Student Scholarship Program. The scholarship amounts have increased this year to $6,000 for the top recipient, as well as three runner-up scholarships of $3,000 each. This year's theme is Farming and Environmental Sustainability. Applicants of the scholarship are encouraged to explore the idea of environmental sustainability within farming and the importance of public perception on modern farming practices. Students are invited to submit a creative three-minute video or 1,000-word essay discussing farming and the environment. Scholarships will be awarded to Saskatchewan students in grade 12 and or recent high school GED graduates entering agriculture-related post-secondary studies in the fall of 2024. The deadline for applications is March 1st, 2024. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. It's time now to head back out once again to Tanya Cherry. Where it is sunny, it's beautiful here in Rokenville. It's feeling kind of lucky, I'd say. It's the Rokenville Lucky Lottery. How are you feeling today? Feeling lucky? Well, you get your ticket right now during your lunch hour, and you could be a lucky winner in mere days. Yes, this is deadline. Our deadline is coming up on Saturday, where we are making our draws, and we want you to win. 100 grand so that means a lot on the farm right that does that mean a couple extra bins does that mean you need a new grain cart maybe semi maybe it's a new truck yours is on its last wheels and you really need a new one well how about being able to get that truck with all the bells and whistles like the top level truck not even having to worry about a payment you can just go pay for that truck free and clear with 100 grand 
that would be pretty cool, right? Now, your neighbor across the way, they got their ticket this morning because they're really smart. Your mother-in-law, oh, she got her ticket this morning because she's really smart. And so are you. Give us a call. Get your lucky one right now. 1-855-762-5686. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 12 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. The latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 86%, which is up by only 1% from last week, but is still ahead of the five-year average of 81%. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin, and he focuses on the northwest region of the province. We've actually had a you know pretty cold, rainy, windy. I mean, unless you were somewhere else this week, you would you would know that we had a pretty um, unpleasant week weather-wise. Uh, so that you know shut down most of the areas to harvest, although a little bit did get done. So. Province-wide, we're at uh, 86% and uh, regionally at 92%. So we're actually kind of pulling into the lead. We have about 90% of the canola off now. So that's a 5% increase over last week. And about 70% of the soybeans off. So that's a a 20% jump from the week before. And uh, what's kind of holding the provincial average down is that we're only just starting to get into the corn acres, uh, the grain corn acres, which are at about 7% harvested, and we don't have very much grain corn to speak of in the northwest northwest region here. So that's uh, kind of why we've jumped ahead there. And up in the paw, uh, there's a little bit slower progress than we've had uh, in, the, in the more southern regions of our area. Uh, there's some wheat left to harvest and a bit of canola as well. So I think in the next week, we'll probably see that those figures have jumped as well because it's been been nicer weather since then. So that's kind of where we're at. He says he's had a few reports on crop yields over the past week. Yeah, we've we've seen that those yields are pretty holding pretty constant from uh, ones that have been reported previously. So spring wheat is yielding somewhere in the 50 to 90 bushel range, and that's going to be quite dependent on um, moisture and also um, field quality, soil quality. So, uh, you know, we've seen some anecdotal reports of even higher than 90. So that's that's good news for those farmers. And uh, canola is sitting in the 40 to 55 range still. And, uh, you know, the same scenario there where probably earlier seeded fields um, on better land would have yielded better, whereas, you know, lighter lighter fields or lighter soil and later, later seeding would give us lower bushel yields. Soy is still actually a, uh, a very promising one because you see 45 to 50 bushels there, which is uh, typically, you know, kind of on the high end of what we would see. So that's, that's good news. And, uh, you know, despite the weather in some of the areas that were drier, uh, we also see some fall field work going on. So anhydrous is going in and a bit of harrowing. So farmers are making the most of the, the few days we have left before the weather turns really nasty. 
Fry says the hard frosts northwest Manitoba has been receiving over the past few days shouldn't affect crop quality. You know, at this point in time, it's probably more indifferent. Yeah, we have seen some some colder snaps and, you know, for more extended periods over the night. Um, I think, uh, you know, some of the some of the perennial pastures, certainly they'll just kind of keep motoring through. And uh, for winter cereals that are emerging now, those, you know, those are kind of built to, to withstand those frosts. So I think it's kind of an indifferent thing at this point. And he adds that livestock producers are now moving their cattle closer to home. We do see a lot of cattle that are getting moved to uh, winter pastures or winter uh, um, yards. And, uh, you know, a bit of late season grazing where it's available. In fact, we, we also see, you know, some of those wheat fields and barley fields, uh, oat fields that came off first or some of the silage crops. Um, there is some decent regrowth. So where fencing is available I think uh, some producers are, are very likely exploring the option to uh, move cattle onto those fields uh, temporarily uh, and then move them home. Um, but yes, you're right, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of livestock in trucks moving around these days. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. live cattle futures for December closed at 186.97 today. That's up 197. February live cattle closed at 191.25, up 192. November feeder cattle closed at 252 even, up 165. January feeder cattle closed at 253.30, up 145. December lean hogs closed at 69.97, down 145. February lean hogs closed at 74.67, down 102. And that's the livestock market condition. Welcome back to Saskag Today. Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture has provided his weekly overview of the wheat market. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. It was a complicated week last week with Hamas attacks on Israel, lines hitting a vessel in the Black Sea, and increased loading out of Ukrainian ports. As far as some of the news that happened in the major wheat exporting nations, we'll start in Canada. Spring wheat harvest in the Saskatchewan is reported to have reached completion. Saskatchewan Agriculture is estimating that the provincial yield is 39 bushels per acre compared to Stats Canada's 37.6 bushel per acre estimate for the province. Canadian non-Durham wheat exports were robust in August, with 1.3 million tons of wheat being exported in the first month of the marketing year. This is up 18% from last year, despite China taking just 37% of the tonnage they did last year in August. The strong export volume was largely driven by sales to the U.S. and Mexico, and exports to other countries were also 91% more than the same time last year. As far as the weekly Canadian export data goes, Week 9 exports were lower at 273,000 tonnes. Deliveries of 407,000 tons caused the visible supply to grow to 3.1 million tons. Total exports of 3.3 million tons as of week 9 are up 20% on last year, but the gap declined 
by 8% over the week. The AAFC is expecting wheat exports to fall by 12% from last year to 18 million tons. This would require an average export pace of about 340,000 tons per week compared to the current pace of about 366,000 tons per week. Strong demand for high-quality wheat is supportive for Canadian values. Canadian elevators are shipping wheat quickly but are having trouble sourcing additional tons with the depressed prices. We have heard of elevators taking delivery of November-December contract wheat. As for Durham, Saskatchewan Agriculture estimates that the provincial Durham yield is 33 bushels per acre, which is well above Sadat's Canada's estimate for Saskatchewan of 25.4 bushels per acre. This is a 30% yield difference. Stats Canada reported 202.3 thousand tons of Durham exports during the month of August. Although this is almost 50% more than last year, it is still 126,000 tons less than the average August value. Durham exports were strong to Morocco, the US, and other countries who do not usually import large volumes of Durham. These countries include Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Costa Rica, and Nigeria. Official estimates show Durham production in North America is set to decline by 1.7 million tons in this crop year. Combined production in the US and Canada is set to fall by 1.9 million tons, which will only be slightly offset by 200,000 tons of more Durham production in Mexico. Durham exports in the current crop year are expected to shrink by a respective 1.7 million tons as greater exports in the U.S. and Mexico are offset by 1.8 million tons fewer exports from Canada. Current U.S. Durham commitments are running 43% of last year at 110,000 tons. Weekly Canadian Durham exports total 337,000 tons as of week 9. This is down 12% from last year. And just a special note on Durham in the EU. The EU has imported a record 735,000 tons of Durham wheat in the first 14 weeks of their marketing year. Turkey and Russia have been the main suppliers at 327 and 231,000 tons respectively. The Turkish government changed its policy to allow exports of pasta made from non-Durham wheat. This decreases Turkey's need for Durham, causing the country to export its Durham supplies at a discount to other origins. Total export commitments of Turkish Durham have surpassed 1 million tons as importing countries take advantage of the cheaper supplies in a year when stocks in importing countries is low. Turkey should run out of exportable supplies in the latter half of the marketing year. Over to the US. US wheat futures finished the week higher as weather concerns in the southern hemisphere led to fund coverage of some of its large short position. US weekly export sales were 273,000 tons for a season total of 9.4 million tons down 14% from last year, compared to the USDA's expected 8% decline. U.S. winter wheat planting is 40% complete, up 14% from last week. 
Drought conditions expanded in Kansas, Nebraska, and Colorado, but improved in Montana. In Australia, Australia had the driest September on record, and the forecast maintains below average precipitation for the remainder of the growing season. October is the critical grain filling period in Australia. For Argentina wheat, Argentina remains dry. Badge left their production number at 16.5 million tons, but said that more losses were likely if rain stays absent. In Brazil, harvest is 35% complete. The wettest September in over a hundred years in the country has caused disease issues and quality concerns. In the European Union, analysts lowered its estimates for the EU wheat crop by 600,000 tons to 134,000 tons. This is still larger than both official and the USDA's estimates. There are four French vessels in the lineup for Egypt. At least one of these vessels was originally Russian origin that switched to France. In the Black Sea, there are about 20 vessels in or leaving Ukrainian's ports, and more are being booked. There are rumors of a Russian-backed Ukrainian vessel corridor, but these seem to be false. On the contrary, there are reports that Russia is putting mines in the Black Sea to deter vessels from sailing to Ukrainian ports. With this in mind, a Turkish cargo ship hit a mine in the Black Sea off the coast of Romania. The vessel was still managed to complete its journey to a port in the Danube. And of course, Russia conducted another slew of attacks on Ukrainian port infrastructure along the Danube River. In Russia, Record exports and a smaller harvest caused September 1 wheat stocks in Russia to fall by 9% from last year to 28.8 million tons. Russian analysts are expecting exports from the country will be 49 million tons, up 2 million tons from last year. They forecast the Russian harvest will be 91.6 million tons compared to 104.2 million tons last year. Russian wheat exports remain at a record pace, but there are rumors that export sales are declining. The Russian ruble has fallen to one of the lowest levels since the start of the war, which, one of the, which is one of the reasons they have been able to offer wheat at such a discount to other origins. Southern Russia and Ukraine remain dry as winter wheat seeding begins. Ukrainian officials say their wheat area will be lower, but they did not say by how much. As far as the significant purchases and trades, China bought 220,000 tons of soft red wheat from the U.S. There are reports that China also bought French wheat last week. And we'd be amiss to not mention the war between Hamas and Israel, which is causing additional uncertainty in the markets, although the energy markets are the ones that are being the most affected. As far as the outlook goes, traders are working through the several unusual dynamics in the markets. We do not expect much change during the week, especially since we have a new WASDA report coming out on Thursday. We prefer to hold additional sales this week, given the number of unusual occurrences happening and the new WASDA report, which could be slightly bullish. We would not suggest additional sales at this time. That's Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down across the board today. 
November canola closed at 702.70, down a dollar 90. January canola closed at 707.50, down two dollars 90 cents. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 718 and a quarter, down five and a quarter cents. December Kansas City wheat closed at 667 and a quarter, down four cents. December Chicago wheat closed at 5.56 per bushel, down two and a half cents. December corn closed at 4.88 per bushel, that's up two and a half cents. November soybeans closed at 12.52 and a half, down 19 cents. December oats closed at 3.95 and three quarters, down 13 and a half cents. And that's the Commodities Update. It's time now to check in once again with Tanya Cherry. Thank you, Doug. One more time during your lunch break with the Rokenville Lucky Lottery. Or maybe you're all done lunch and you're about to go back to work. Okay, before you do, call us. Get your ticket before you get too busy this afternoon because it's going to go by fast and then all of a sudden it will be our deadline night and we'll be making the call for our lucky winners and uh, oh dear you haven't gotten your ticket what no you're not going to be that person 1-855-762-5686 i know one hundred thousand dollars can go a long way it really can i mean how much fuel how much does your fuel cost in a month in a year on the farm for everything that you have to do okay i know it costs a lot but a hundred grand that helps out it, it does it helps out for just the regular person and it helps out for the farmer who has huge equipment we want to help you out so one 762 5686 and you could be one of our lucky winners with the rokenville lucky lottery farm bulletin board The 34th Annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown in Yorkton will run from November 1st to the 4th. Alexis DeCorby is the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Yorkton. She's a consultant with this year's forage show. So our deadline closed just yesterday, but the forage show itself will be on at the end of October and into November here. We judge on the Monday, so that will be October 30th. So if you have entered samples, you can kind of expect to hear... uh, the results from that, either October 31st or, or November 1st. And then uh, Harvest Showdown itself is November 1st through to the 4th. So come on down and view all of the samples that have won. They'll be on display so you can see what has won. And then there will also be an awards evening on the Thursday. She notes there's different forage categories that will be judged. So we have a couple different classes here. We have the hay class. We have the green feed class, and then we have the silage class, and the grain class as well. So there's four different kind of classes, and then within each of those classes, there's a few subcategories. So corn silage versus other silages, and then we also have, you know, hay versus, or alfalfa hay versus uh, grass hay, and so on and so forth. Alexis DeCorby is involved with the forage show at the 34th Annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown, November 1st to the 4th in Yorkton. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, 
and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. A mix of sun and cloud, winds east-southeast at 15 to 25, gusting at higher at times, and a high of 13 degrees. For tonight, partly to mainly cloudy, winds east-southeast at 15 to 25, a low of 4. Tomorrow, partly sunny at times, winds east-northeast at 15 to 25, a high of 11, an overnight low of 3. For Friday, a mix of sun and cloud, winds east at 10 to 20, a high of 10. For Saturday, partly sunny, a high of 9, and Sunday, partly to mainly sunny, a high of 11. In the Paw and Roblin, it's 10 degrees. Swan River, Dauphin, and Brandon are at 9, Show Lake Russell, 12. Regina, Saskatoon, and Indian Head are at 13 degrees. Hudson Bay, Broadview, Mooseman, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, all reporting in at 11. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, an east-southeast wind at 21 kilometers an hour. 58% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 12 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskag today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.